0: Hi, here's Florian with a new guest, so I would say introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Roman and uh, yeah, I'm here in Hamburg today, but usually I live in San Francisco and um, yeah, I'm glad to be here today at the podcast.
0: So Roman, uh, tell us something about yourself. What's the story? Who are you? Oh, who am I? So I was born 79.
1: No, just kidding. I'm turning 40. 30 this year. I don't feel I'm 40. Uh, but what do I do professionally? I do have my own startup in San Francisco. Uh, we do uh, secure messaging for business. But as a side project, and my passion product, so to say, is to bridge the gap between the Silicon Valley and Germany. So basically, from my learnings from the past seven years, bring it down and try to uh, support the change and get people
0: inspired. So, if I remember it correctly, you lived or you lived since seven years in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about something like how did it ca- like how did it come out? Come about? Yeah, come about. Yes.
1: So we start. Okay. So, if you want to be an actor in the world, where do you go? Go to LA, yeah. right? And uh, there were there was 2010 was when when we had the idea and we thought about let's do something and like where do you go in 2010? Yeah, I mean like we could have gone to Berlin already, but we wanted bigger. You know, we were naive and young and restless, so we're like, okay, let's go to San Francisco, let's go to the city, and uh, and and pitch our idea, see how it works, and uh, yeah, and we got a we got a plane ticket. Two weeks test, so to say, looked around, pitched our idea. It worked pretty well. And, uh, yeah, seven years later, um, we, we stayed, so to say. <laughs>
0: so what was your idea? Give us, a, like, a short pitch. Okay. So
1: what we did is um, – so that was 2010, as I said. This was when Facebook was going crazy and LinkedIn and Twitter, like, everything was still consumer-based. And we thought that there was one big gap in the market space. And that is uh, the couple, you know, husband and wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend, girlfriend, and all of the above. There's no technology really taking care of the most important relationship of our lives. Um, And we thought there will be a company at some point that will provide services for couples, right, because they have special demands. They're very powerful, Mm. right? So who decides whether there's Coke and Pepsi in the fridge? It's usually the couple, right? Yeah. Or who buys a car, an Audi or BMW. It's not really the man or not really the woman. It's the couple couple itself. Travel. So there are so many endless uh, needs um, for couples. And we thought, yeah, this is going to be a big business, um, a big opportunity. And, of course, we loved working on it, a product for ourselves uh, and for our relationships. And, uh, yeah, this is how we pitched. And it worked pretty well, you know. So it was a, a good start. There was a clear path to business, and uh, we started launching, of course, it was our first business, so we did a lot wrong, uh, but also some of it right. And, uh, but at some point, we found out that we have one big problem, and that is scalability, right? So if you cater to a couple, you have two people, and then that's it, right? How do you grow, right? And in San Francisco, if you want to have one of those big tech companies, you need viral growth, and uh, a not-purchased growth, especially in a consumer end. Um, so we kind of had to slow that down and focus on other projects. So that's kind of where it all started. But it started with uh, Twixt, an app for couples. And actually it actually went really well. Like, we were uh, quite successful with it, but we never got these growth numbers that you need in, in, in the Silicon Valley, right? Like, what is a million downloads or a couple of hundred thousand users? You know, like,
0: um, it's not enough. So you got funding after you pitched yeah. it in the first two weeks and then you used this money to build the app? Yeah, so we didn't get funding right away. We got First,
1: we got interest and the possibility to funding, right? Yeah. So you don't go two weeks and then yeah. you come home with a check, right? But we we it was a test, you know, do people like our idea? Is it crazy or not? And uh, we found some partners who said, your idea is great. Let's go do it. So we had our first investor, also tech, because we I, we, I don't know how to code, you know. Uh, but you had people
0: but or did you build it just completely from the scratch and you found people which yeah so we, we
1: yeah we found people to code or we we okay. had a technology partner so to say who yeah. said you can have my tech team and then you can take it over yeah uh so i'm going to make you start i'm going to help you start and then you take the team over and then you grow yeah. that was the um the way we 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 went at it which also caused some problems obviously uh, because uh yeah, it's always a transition is always a tough, especially when you're a, a young company, but yeah so then we we got out we had we had our tech team, so that was good, right a few business people, and you don't know how to code ah, tough to get a product on the road, but when you have a path to building the product, you know it's way easier. so then it was easier for us to raise money, yeah. so obviously the PowerPoint itself didn't do it, but after we got some tech talent, um, we were able to raise some money yeah cool.
0: without the one MVP, right so we weren't there yet, so this has changed a lot now. <laughs> So, you said like uh, the couple topic was really interesting because you already also have been in relationships. So, how did you sell this to your girlfriends to move to to uh, the United States? So,
1: I actually just started a new relationship at that time and she was in Ireland. So, even okay. more complete. So, we were in a long-distance relationship. Yeah. Now, here comes the thing. You do a, a relationship app with somebody in a long-distance relationship. Basically, you are creating a tool to make your relationship better, right? So story-wise, couldn't be
0: better,
1: <laughs> okay. you know? Because, like, we could, we could use it, and we loved using it because it was, you know, from, from early on, we could yeah. just go at it and use it and refine it. And in you know, the beginning it was buggy and shitty, and photos didn't load, and was slow. But then, you know, it kind of progressed, and it got better. Best test case.
0: So then it worked it started to grow a bit and then you said okay how can we scale um what was the decision making about it that you said okay it it can't scale or we 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 give it up there yeah. how was the decision process to this point it's a long long period of time right so in hindsight it's always
1: easy to say but you know when you're at it because you're busy rooting out the bugs and making yeah. it easier, and yeah. working on your retention and you're like okay let's get the funnel better in the meantime you start to grow and, and it's especially a problem if you have something that works yeah. Right. So it's not that it's yeah. like, if it would be shitty and nobody likes it, mm, that's one thing. Uh, but we got actually really, even our growth was okay. The only problem is, and cheap, so to say, so we had uh, a good path to growth, growth. The only problem is that it didn't have this exponent, exponential growth yeah. um, without purchase. And that's what you need, right? Mm. So we could easily, so we had downloads, uh, we could download uh, numbers, we had like six, seven cents per mm. user. Mm. Um, so really, really cheap um, because it was a highly adaptive product. Um, but you just need to really scale. And what was our problem at the end was we weren't the only one. There were We got some competition at some okay. point. And our breaking point was when our competition died, when they closed, right? Because now you have a problem. You're working on a um on a a market that doesn't really exist yet right you're trying to create a market Hmm. and some of your players don't make it so some people would be happy about it right one competition less yeah but that kind of destroys at an early age you know it it, it destroys the vibe and if you need more money (laughs) the investors are going to ask that they didn't make it so why are you going to make it then you could
0: say you're better
1: yeah, but that's lame. You've got to be really, you've got to be, especially when it comes to that growth thing. I mean, I would believe we had good answers to these problems, but that's just like, it's easier to, uh, especially in the, in the beginning of a startup, if you sell a dream, everything is possible. Right, the minute you get numbers, you get metrics, and you get others yeah. in that field as yeah. well. Now it's a totally different game in the ballpark, right? So it's uh, yeah. um, it just changes the thing completely. And if other people around you don't make it,
0: it's does it have, like what comes to my mind is like the saying of tim paris mm-hmm. like he said like you don't need um you don't need users you need fans yeah. like you know you don't need like x million uh, of users if you have users which use your app like really hardcore yeah, are only a few this is something you can work with and like you can you can like you know this is also a metric which could be working yeah. How was this dad? Like, did yeah, you have s- intensive
1: fuses? Yeah, but only to a certain extent, right? Because the fans don't bring you stuff at some point, right? They help you validate in the beginning, and they're a good thing to have. But when you need money in a business that already runs, right, people want to see, can you grow, right? Mm-hmm. Can you really make – don't make mm-hmm. a couple of thousand people happy, 10,000, mm-hmm. 100,000, Right. Fairly easy on a global scale, right? So I'm not saying that it is easy, yeah. but in order to uh, to get it to to scale it to the millions or you know like, and if, if you talk San Francisco, that's how you talk, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not about oh, we got a million downloads and we have, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand fans or got 10,000 fans. Like, you know, this, this shit doesn't fly. You know, mm-hmm. the question is, how many fans did you have yesterday? How many did you have now? And how many are you going to have, you know, in one month time? Mm-hmm. Because people are not going to give you a million bucks for you to make a few people happy, right? Mm-hmm. They give you the money so that you grow the shit out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And if you cannot fulfill it. Um, so that's one of the downsides of the Silicon Valley, Right? Because like nobody cares whether you can build a business. Yeah. The question is are you especially when you're a consumer and in that time frame, right? So now we talk two thousand thirteen roundabout, fourteen. Um at that time it was a big shift as well. There was like many down rounds of consumer based products, you know, like all these companies like Foursquare, like Path, yeah. um, you know, when, when they weren't growing anymore yeah. and they were going down, and now you're trying to come with your fans happy for you, but it's not
0: going to work. Then, like, that's always an interesting topic. Like, this whole scaling and growing topic, I have the feeling there's still not so much literature on it. Like, it's not so really well um, analyzed what to do. Like, it's really clear what to do, how to build a lean product. Like, really yeah. clear. But, like, Super how cool. to scale yeah. and grow, Yeah, really difficult. So, um, out of my knowledge, what I learned so far is um, that, like, grow- scaling is a lot about testing. Yeah. Like... Um, um, the, the guy which was um, responsible for the scaling of SoundCloud, mm-hmm. he just, you know, he had, like, ideas, ideas to test, 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 yeah. and they just rapidly tested, and it just, what sticks, they go yeah. on, and they double down. So did you guys, Bari did do something similar, right? Or was yes. it just smart, we push money in if it doesn't work?
1: Yeah, no, no, so no, what? no. So So we, we did a lot, but we came to, like, like I said, we had, in, we had an, an inherent problem in our system, right? Okay. And that was the two people platform right Mm -hmm. um and especially in 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 that case and if we would had more time and more money i would say we could have used it we could have tested long enough to to see which we i mean you can throw spaghettis on the wall all night long right but if you don't have any money anymore or you or you only have x amount of money left and you can say okay either we keep on throwing spaghettis at the wall until everything is down or we try to pivot right and see if we can see anything else Because our problem, like I said, it was not the product, it was not uh, PR, it was not the story. Our problem was it was easy for us to get two people but then they need to grow itself, right? So yeah. we would have needed to build a viral mechanism in there. Yeah. We had ideas for it, right? Yeah. So if we would have had enough time, but then, like I said, the times change, right? So a lot happened with consumer-based product in general. And in addition, you have one of your some of your competitors uh, closing down or reducing, and that's not good news. And that's where things just start to come in. And that's what I mean, like this, this process of the pivot, was maybe easily six, seven, eight months long, yeah. right? Because at the yeah. beginning, you try to keep on throwing spaghettis on the wall, yeah. right? But they're just like flags everywhere. And then you need to raise more money and you talk to investors and give you a little bit more. But then it's, it's, um, it's a very interesting thing, right? On In hindsight, it's tough to, to, to actually know the exact time when to stop, yeah. when to move, or when to continue. Yeah. At the end, that's also spaghettis on the yeah. wall. You just try it out. Yeah. And at some point we had these meetings and they were of course they were heartfelt because there was our baby, right? Yes, of course. It's like two years working on yeah. it and we had fans, right? Yeah. So it was tough for us to, to then and we never really closed it down, so we just start, stopped supporting it because we we could never have sent this email out. Sorry, uh services down. Um we're gonna close. Um so it was it was a tough thing, but at some point you just realize Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know. And, uh, yeah, and we moved on. So what did you do after that? Like, you made the decision internally? The whole seven years. Yeah, so we, um, uh, we had... So first of all, we did user testing all the time, all along... Uh, and we were a messaging company, so we started as using couples' messengers, so to say, for me and my girlfriend, with shared lists, calendars. And what we emphasized from was the past, right? So whereas, you know, when you chat with friends, the past doesn't really matter, but yeah. in a relationship, it does, yeah. right? So you want to have the photos from last year, from five years. You want to have the messages, you know, the nice ones, um, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so we were all about m- working on or making the past nice for the future, kinda, yeah. right? Um, and we did a lot of interviews and in many interviews, customer interviews, or um, from our fans, they said, yeah, but what about the stuff that I do not want to keep, you know, kind of like, um, and here we talk about when was that 1415. So Snapchat kind of was, was arising. Yeah. So there was a need for an ephemeral part uh, in our messenger. So to say, we say, okay, we can do within Twixt, we can offer um, this ephemeral part in a very unique way where we said, okay, we're going to create this room. And uh, while two people are in the room, they can exchange everything. And therefore we don't need to store any data. So it's also in the temporary memory. It's never really on any servers hanging around. Um, And we wanted to build that within Twixt uh, in our, in our couples platform. Um, But then more and more people said, Hey, I want that for, I'm not in a relationship. I want that for myself, so to say. Right. So it's like, ah, it's interesting. Uh, Snapchat was booming, going like crazy, you know, so we saw so many of our in, in existing investors, they said, okay guys, this is what you have right there, that is interesting. Yeah. Forget about this couple stuff, yeah. you know, let's move this next let's level. Pivot, yeah. Let's pivot. And then at some point you're like, okay, let's do it. So we created this ephemeral messenger app, which also worked pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but it had similar products. I mean, growth was better and virality was better, um, but now was a change uh, in, in perception where consumer products, you know, are and, – and as you know, there are almost no big consumer products coming out anymore, right? Yeah. So when you check – when it used to be like 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, you'd be like tech, check checking every day on TechCrunch and you would yeah. download every day two three apps and, you know, and see what happens. Like when was the last time you downloaded an app? Yeah. You know, it's totally changed, right? Yeah. People are consumers are not getting – uh, serviced anymore as yeah. much, and in the in the meantime, it happened to us that companies were actually approaching us. They wanted to have our ephemerality feature for their company messaging, yeah. so to say. And that's when we started. Hey, but would you pay for that? Yeah, you know. And it worked out. So we said, okay, let's pivot. Let's do another pivot from B to C of B to B. And let's see if people want to pay for it. So we kind of copy-pasted the code. I mean, I'm simplifying it here. Yeah, but we kind of copy-pasted it, rebranded yeah. it, and did white labeling for, for companies. And, of course, part by part, we realized you know, there's uh, a need for uh, corporate messaging solutions. Um, and that's what we're doing now.
0: Nice way. So you pivoted all the time until you find the right market fit. Yeah. But then the it's- growth was there, the money was there, and then you just stick to that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just go, go crazy, right? I mean, it, it hurts every time because obviously you're in love with all these projects and products. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to go where you go because at the end you always see the light, right? And uh, that's where you go to. That's what you're drawn to. And we have our consistency is always messaging. We were always messaging company and we had always had very high security standards, right? So even which, of course, was actually not the bad idea as an early messenger. But for us, was obviously if I use it with my girlfriend, it needs to be secure. Yeah. And I don't want anybody in the team reading what I talk yeah. about, right, even there, you know. Yeah. Um, but our competitors, for example, they never did, of course, but they had the advantage. They knew what their people, their users were using their product for.
0: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Which is a big advantage. Yeah.
1: Which we never had.
0: But they still didn't make it. That's the interesting part. They still didn't make it. if they had it, they didn't make it. They had the
1: same problem, scalability. Mm. You know, and you need automatic, like in consumer, you need automatic growth, right? Mm. It's not enough to get a blog article and then boom. What we had, we had these spike growth. You know, if somebody was writing about us, boom, we got more downloads, more users, you know, and then we were working on the retentions. We had a solid retention of 35%, 30 day, right? So that was uh, very good. And, uh, so it was all in all it was very successful. But the thing is, if you need a spike at some point, investors are going to say like, "Yeah, but you know, you can't. You need you need the curve, not spikes. Even if the spikes go up, right? And what what triggers those spikes, right? So that's what what we were asked for. And the answer was, uh, you know, we need media attention. Yeah. And they say, yeah, you can't. It's expensive to yeah. buy media, like to buy your purchases, whether through media, through whatever. So you need the in, in, uh, inherent growth mechanism within your product and this is where the couples thing where one and one
0: with with basically stops there um is tough what i learned so far that like the spikes are pretty normal like if you see the history of airbnb mm-hmm. uh, they were completely reliable on the spikes like what they started was like the yeah, uh, recommendations a- on events yep. and every time it was invented it was like huge spike and then they said yeah no now we're starting and then like tsk, it was go down to the, the baseline again. Yeah. So it seems like the spikes are completely normal and also normal you the spikes don't the yeah, okay. If you have a revenue yeah. model,
1: right? So yeah. we're talking about non Rev, right? Yeah. So without without a revenue model, the spikes don't get you anywhere because yeah. your calculation is at some point I'm gonna have so many users that at some point yeah. I'm gonna be able to make money off it. So right? The- um Airbnb, they were able to make money of it, right, or even yeah. now with our product, right? We, yeah. we make money right away, right? Yeah. We sell it, we have a spike, boom, there's more money in the bank, now we can yeah. reinvest and we can buy more spikes, yeah. right, so to say. And if that works, then it's totally
0: fine. Without a revenue model, it's... Uh... So it's a typical thing, like Facebook, we grow, 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 and we care later about how we make money. Yeah. So it's like a typical similar scenario. You have no clue how to make money, so that's the reason why you only grow.
1: Snapchat, whatever, yeah. same thing. Yeah. So the most consumer products you know all you need is you get fans yeah right those around you and they grow and at some point you can make it right so my analogy i always wanted to uh, uh start a pub a bar yeah. right that has free drinks free yeah. food free beer free yeah. whatever and you make money other way right so you get it basically you create a room that is packed every day yeah right so there's enough people and then you try to make money other ways but selling yeah. the food and drinks yeah Right and that's kind of how it works right you give them a product for free
0: yeah
1: and uh, then you see how it works and if you have enough if it's full every day if you have a, and in the beginning you have a pub then you have a square and then at some yeah, point you have exactly. a whole village
0: and then, the then, yeah. and then
1: you just start put up shops yeah. and then that's how yeah. you make money um
0: that's a good analogy yeah
1: yeah but but you got to get it you know you got to get it going you know if you really have to pay every time to get people in your club yeah. you know at some point they need to talk to each other say hey let's go to that pub because it's if i if i also need to pay them to come to my place then we have a problem
0: Right normally, they do like if your product's really good, normally they reference it to their friends, so normally that works, but like yeah, they need to be enough value to them that like they recommend it, and so on there 's a certain hurdle for that and relationships are also a tough thing, right people don 't really say,
1: "Oh, with my boyfriend, I use this and this or oh, with my girlfriend, I use that you know I mean, like I said, there are ideas i wouldn 't say it isn 't possible, so we had some awesome ideas up our sleeves, but then times changed, and uh, perception changed, the market changed. And at some point you just have to realize, okay, let's move on let's change
0: let's change ourselves yeah cool. so you have a special skill because you know both worlds you know the the silicon valley the the, the prototype of like yeah. a good startup world, and then like the German culture, like
1: yeah
0: how like how we behave, how we think um and I got the question like two or three weeks ago like from someone out of the silicon valley mm-hmm. like how do you even ever think that like you can keep up with silicon valley in a german way of thinking because we're really perfectionism we have a good social security system good work life balance so yeah. we're kind of a bit the opposite mm-hmm. what is your take on these two sides between silicon valley versus germany or berlin or hamburg or yeah
1: i mean there is versus is always a thing i think they all co co-ex- will coexist but i think i can i can make the bold statement that neither of those hubs so to say will ever come close to what the silicon valley is and yeah. will be in the future yeah. right so berlin or london or tel aviv even shanghai will definitely grow and they will get bigger and bigger and better and better but they will i would say never Get to the speed of where where it is in Silicon Valley, and I can give you an example, um, or one of the what I found out for my for my at least in my head what happens is when you think about startup culture, is nothing else than uh, it's an evolution thing, mm-hmm. right? So you have certain species that pop up, mm-hmm. mutations of companies, so to say. Some of them die. Yeah. Right some of them stay alive, and what works works, and what doesn 't work dies right yeah. and this whole thing is fed by an infrastructure and the level of um, uh, um, evolution or of generational changes, so to say compared to San Francisco or the Bay Area with Berlin is probably comparing the speed of evolution with fruit flies to i don 't know to 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 trees mm-hmm. right because when you think about how many companies are born every day in San Francisco and how many of those also die, right? How many How, f- how many make it and how few make it? Um, there's so much learning, like the cycle, the innovation cycle is so high in these cities um, that other cities can never come close to this because what you need, you also need the learning, right? So any stupid lawyer in in the Silicon Valley that has a little bit of tech background has more experience after three months working there than any other lawyer in Berlin uh, that works in that area for two, three years, Hmm. right? Because if you're uh, uh, a corporate lawyer in San Francisco, you found, I don't know, five companies every week, whatever, right, roundabout, Hmm. maybe more, maybe less, um, then you close three of them down every week, every every month, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, with two of them every week, you have, uh, uh, you have a financing round. And, you know, so there's a lot of learning for you in your supply chain, so to say. And that's only the lawyer. Then you have patent lawyers. Then you have the technicians. You have the talent. So all these things. And they all learn with every rise and every fail, mm-hmm. right? They always know what works and what doesn't work. And this is at such a high pace Right, that um, that these um, that the industry itself and the experience level changes so frequently and the level of change is so high with everything. You know, like you can have a meeting with your lawyer and you talk about financing and they tell you about, oh yeah, we use this and this and that term, and one year later you're trying to do the same financing round again, they can already tell you, no no no, this is not gonna work. What are we gonna do now? We don't do the safe, we don't do the kiss, or we yeah. do a convertible note, this and that. And um, and And this, at a high level of speed, and here I'm like talking not like the the deep dive people, it's only the suppliers mm. and to get there in Berlin, that's tougher than anything else you know, so you need basically grow like you need the growth and the death of so many companies that can help you learn what really works and what not that this to replicate that in another city is the toughest. You can throw more money at the market, you can uh put more um uh, uh, in, uh, more talent in there, but what you need is this evolutionary cycle in order to really make things
0: work yeah it's it's a like I can just say it out of my perspective so I have sometimes the feeling not like if you stick to the fruit fly and the tree example that like um they're sometimes even too fast you know it's not solid anymore so yeah. if I think like you know if if a tree survives the first for years you know he gets more stable ever than like a, a fruit fly can ever be yeah. in the future and that's the question like where's the balance between it like if we go in a, in a specific example like tesla has so much trouble to to make it in any way happen yeah where just all the german car companies think like okay we need it long time but we made it and they still have uh, a lot of German technology in it. Like the sensors I think are from German yeah. company, the brakes are from a German company, the buttons are from Mercedes, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, that's like what what's your guessing? Like is there something which which Berlin can do to to make the disadvantage an advantage? To make the slowness yeah, I mean, maybe I mean Put seriously I'm
1: not saying that in Berlin you can't build a viable business, mm-hmm. right? That would be absurd to say. You yeah. can, right? Um uh, and but you cannot maybe in San Francisco, right? then mm. so, to build a viable business in San Francisco is very tough uh, because like I said you need cra- crazy growth numbers. Yeah. Right? We talk crazy. You know, if you build a business that works and that grows regularly It's interesting, but not interesting enough, right? Because the investors, especially the ones that you talk about, they want a 10x minimum, Minimum. right? That's even to get their return without any gain. So you need 20, 50. They're looking for the 100x, right? And uh, for that, you can't work with trees, Right. Um, But it doesn't mean that trees are good and important, you know, so and um, and you can always think about um, so many good businesses. They could have maybe thrived within within Germany and not make it in San Francisco. Right. And maybe build a viable business, a Mittelständler, like a small, medium sized company. Right. But that's not where investors put a million dollar in, yeah. you know. They don't, put, they don't give you a million uh, so that they can have, I don't know, a return over the next 10, 20, 30 years, right? They give you a million so that within uh, their uh, um, portfolio, uh, which is about – or their fund, which is about, I don't know, five, seven, eight years, yeah. right? That it re- gives a return within that period. Yes, exactly. And not, you know, a nice business with 100 yeah. employees. They don't care about this, that's, right? That's their job yeah exactly so that's the and I'm not even saying one is good and one is bad right don't get me wrong I'm not saying San Francisco everyone nice if we hold our hands and blah 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 we are the best in Berlin no chance right I'm not saying that it's just that if you if you if you compare those two it's just completely different
0: economies
1: system economical systems
0: yeah and I'm not even saying what's better or what's what's good you know I have I have a question which I like to ask which is um, how do you define innovation
1: Boy, that's a good question. Innovation, I would define I would to the to its root, I would say trying out stuff. Okay. Basically, yeah. you know, unknown trying something unknown, whatever it is, you know. Innovation could be uh, I walk home in a different way than I usually do yes exactly. right could be down to that right you yeah. never know what's going to happen out of it maybe yeah. you meet somebody or you do this and that uh, so break out of your comfort zone because that's even too much of it that's how I describe innovation right the yeah. minute you try something that yeah. where you don't know what's
0: going to happen or what's different than what exactly. you usually do mostly the comfort zone plays along so if you try something new and you're not used to it there will be a comfort zone from alone so exactly. that's a good advice try yeah. something out something yeah. new So, um, the evolution in San Francisco, like the evolution of technology is rapidly, like it it changes stuff rapidly. So, what is your expectations or your worries about like the next years coming up?
1: Okay, so I already got infected by the bug that I don't really worry. I'm an optimist by trade, right? So, I don't worry, but I also don't worry about Berlin, right? Or about other other hubs, you know, they're all going to make it. Because at the end, um, it's, it's the best time for entrepreneurs out there, yeah. right? Because like 20 years ago, entrepreneurs were not needed, yeah. you know? And uh, now we're in a time where we can easily start our projects, even intrapreneurs, right? I can mm. be in a bigger company and still live my entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so I don't really worry about these things. Of course, there's some technologies that are where we don't know what this is, where this is going to lead to, especially when we talk automation, robotics Uh, um, artificial intelligence. Um, But do I worry about it? No, not really. I I worry more about that we underestimate the consequences and that we do not... Because we have to... Create shifts already now, right? So, like they have Friday for Future, you know, mm-hmm. like against the climate change. The the similar problem is about you know we need to prepare our societies now for the stuff that's going to happen in, yeah. in, in fifteen years because like the human development is like you know slower than fruit flies. Um, and we if we want to have if we want our kids to be ready to change or to take part in a market that will be in 10, 20 years, I got to start now. Yeah. You know, because if I have a kid now, in twenty years it's going to be twenty. You know, kind of entering the labor market, so I already have to start now with preparing them. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I um, I don't worry. I mean, you gotta, we gotta. It's happening anyways, right? Yeah. So it's going to happen. And if I worry, I, it kind of uh, um, darkens my thought. Of course, if you're too optimistic, uh, it also blurs it, mm-hmm. right? So you kind of need to have the balance. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's it's going to be good, I think. So
0: if you say we need to prepare our kids, what would you teach or tell them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so obviously,
1: so there are two things, right? On the one hand, information is uh, – so. okay, I've got to start on information because that's a big topic. We have to understand our brain better, mm. right? So neuroscience, I think that is the magic of understanding – who we are and what we need to do as well. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. going to be important because I need to know what does my brain need in order to function at some point. Right. For example, I don't know about yourself. I never learned how to, uh, 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 to, to repeat poems or something by heart. Yeah. Right. I can't. Yeah. So my, this part of my brain is not evolved at all. Yeah. Right. You give me something. I try to memorize, Uh, um, four lines it's horrible my grandparents and of course my parents they had to learn die Glocke, Schiller and all these long poems so they have an area that is trained in that way and we need to find out which areas do we need to train our kids now at early age so so that they're not losing abilities at a later end Do you kind of know what I mean? Yeah, I know
0: what you mean. Because on the
1: one hand, we can say, why do I need to know to retain information? If I can always ask, uh, Google, when was this and that? Or Alexa, uh, why is this? You know, if I have this, um, I might think that, what do I need to retain knowledge? What do I need to work on the brain? And education then has to not only make sure that the kids are ready to face for whatever they're facing, but more is, are their brains capable of still functioning in the new environment? Do
0: you know what I mean? Mm. complicated, maybe, and yeah. confusing, and but probably
1: horrible for a on, podcast. But on,
0: the, on the other side, you can always uh, learn something new. Like, you can still open up this part of your brain and train it. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, that's, kids, that's it's easier for them. That, but, but throw that to
1: the majority of the people. They don't. Mm. You know? I mean, you read, you, and you're going to ask me the question about books, right? Because yeah. our listeners here, we like to learn. Yeah. But then how many people do not? Mm. Right? Ask around how many people that work for bigger corporations. When is the last time they read a book? Yeah. Now we are a different breed, we right? We already the entrepreneurs. We already like the the, the the yeah the one with the spirit and with moving forward. But I would say I don't have any numbers, right? But eighty percent of the population are not. You know they mm-hmm. want to go do their work mm-hmm. and go home afterwards. Yeah. And when we have an educational educational system, we can't only make the um, us happy. So to say, the entrepreneurs, we have to make everyone happy, right? Who's going to be, who's going to do the jobs uh, like, uh, you know, uh, like the drivers, you know, Mm -hmm. like the lower skilled jobs, so to say, Mm -hmm. right? What do we do with those guys? They Mm -hmm. also need a job, right? Mm -hmm. Or some kind. What we have to do here is not provide new jobs for these kind of people, but in hindsight, we have to prepare, and that's why I'm saying it's very complicated, we have to create brains that and create brains is a horrible term i know but we have to prepare the new coming human species like our kids so to say that their brain is going to function well within new societies we will have in 2030 years mm. right mm-hmm. you know what it's complicated yeah. and it's oh. non, by the way, disclaimer here, like none of this. This is my own personal idea and you may disagree and I'm happy with this and I accept that. But that's how I feel
0: personally. That's how you learn. You discuss about complex topics and you get yeah. like the inspiration of of the other side. What, how I think about it is I say... I got also inspired by, like, the American school system mm-hmm. because it's so much different from ours, you know. They're like, inspired
1: by that?
0: Yeah, because they have guitar lessons, they have uh, oh, yeah. actors' lessons, they have yeah. sports lessons. So in the middle of the school, you know, there's, like, one hour where they can play guitar and they can practice their theater and then they, they show it on a weekend. And in Germany, you go to the school, you have your six, seven, eight hours, you write your tests, and then you go home. And then the rest is just to the, you know, to your parents if they... Push you into hobbies. That's probably in a a good school, like a private school.
1: I don't think in a public school. I mean, I I went to high school in Greensboro, North Carolina in 1996, yes, and they had the Mickey Mouse courses, how we called them, right? With easy grades. Um, But then, like, history, math, languages. There was all um, ABCs, you know, that was uh, just brain, you know, just remembering. The the
0: quality was horrible, but maybe I was also lucky with the school because I didn't check all all schools I could find. I was just there and I was saying, okay, but how I thought it would be really amazing to have courses after school or in the school time where you... Where you should, where your job is to create something, you know, like mm. what you are interested in. Like you could make a programming course, and then you need to program something and show it later. You could make a mechanic course, like uh, car mechanics, and then yeah. you build on an yeah, old car. Yeah. And then, you know, like then you someone would say like how you get or play how you, guitar where, and music where, where you yeah where you get the teachers and say so, like yeah. we have. Uh, retired people—they have a lot oh, yeah. of skills, and yeah. if you pay them a bit money and you give them kids which are interested in what they're doing, then mm-hmm. you also not have troubles to to work with them, you know. Because yeah. if you like to do something, then you listen to the to the teacher in front of you and learn from him. Yeah. So that would be an idea, because this would teach them how to teamwork. This would teach them how to. To um, work towards a goal so if you even have a soccer team and you make a big tournament in in germany then yeah. they know they practice for this yeah. next game and try to accomplish something but this could be a way where where they where you get taught how to think more in results okay. and create something than like just um, following a b tasks yeah. so i would
1: 100 agree on that right so this stuff i really love and i tell you when i went to high school I took keyboard in class, mm-hmm. right? Keyboard typing. One year, every day, one hour keyboard task. However, this is still, I most benefit from that as well, yeah. right? Because like, my blind typing skills are amazing. It's amazing, yeah. And I really took the time to learn it. Um, could it be a little bit
0: less yes i skipped the classes i can remember i got off this classes and i said no oh my God, my i don't need that <laughs> <laughs> who needs that there was a type machine like uh, type writers, a typewriter yeah. something yeah. in the course so like yeah how to learn on the typewriter. like who needs yeah, that
1: <laughs> but a keyboard like the regular typing you know the blind typing that's good yeah but i, I totally agree on that right but that's a, but actually when people t- would tell me like but who's gonna finance this and then i would always say like you can we cannot afford to not
0: finance this because
1: if we do not prepare the the young people the brains so to say to what's going to come in the future we will have mad max situation exactly right because total chaos because if we have uh, millions of unemployed people and we don't even have uh, a prospect of giving them jobs like they're going to go mental and
0: mad Exactly, and like check which resources uh, Germany has. We don't have like gold or or um, coal yeah. or something. We have only the people. Only the people. And then yeah. even if there is... Not so much jobs left, you know. Like the only thing which helps against fake news is educated people, Absolutely. which think about what they read there and say for themselves is this sensible or not. Yeah. So there's not much other way than to, to invest already, in educated. Of course, people
1: have to learn, you know, how to yeah.
0: validate data. Because seriously, how often do I get a letter from my mom when she
1: says, like, "So what do I think about this?" Yeah. Email, look at this video. We're yeah. saying this and that. And
0: it's it's <laughs> it's also sometimes hard for us, technology people, totally. to figure it out. You know, they yeah. get better and better. And yeah. like if things so, are wait. I don't have a card with this bank, but it looks legit. Yeah, looks legit. You have to really watch out when what raises, excuse me, what raises flags and
1: what doesn't. Exactly. But yeah, we have to prepare the people for it definitely. And if we don't, then we're gonna be in big trouble. Yeah. And like I said, I can't tell you what exactly it would be. How could we get? The brain, this done, but that's what I mean. That we need to understand the brain and the human species itself. Um, What is it? What makes me or people happy and work? All of the aspects, not only a certain kind, right? Because usually we like stereotyping because it makes everything easy. Now, for example, generations, we have the generation Y, X, and Z, you know, which is all my personal opinion bullshit, right? Because everyone has always said their kids are lazy and, you know, always the same thing. This generation is especially weird about
0: that. has always been the case. Check on the demonstrations for future on Friday. I would say they are definitely not lazy. Totally not. Um, Exactly. The, like if you would or if you have or would have kids, would you send them to the American school system or the german no school way. system what what 's german, What's german? 100%, yes public and, school even i don 't like private schools yeah. okay because I, I still, so here 's again my thing
1: of course there 's a lot of stuff you still have to do and the the school system can't solve all the problems, right so the parents are still the biggest part of it. Um, I would definitely send them to German public schools because they still have to learn. I went to a public school both, and I always loved it because it was also challenging. Mm-hmm. But I like challenges, yeah. right? And if it's too easy, um, or not even too easy academically, but also just in the system itself, I personally don't like it. Yeah. Um, and and that shouldn't be uh, the way of moving forward. I would always say, okay, it's got to be public. Uh, it's, it should be more in Germany than the U.S. And don't get me wrong, there are very good schools in the U.S. Palo Alto High School, for example, right? Okay, you've got it made, um, but what are the chances, yeah. right? I mean, you've got to buy a house for a couple of million bucks in order to yeah. put your good there, yeah. right? So the chances that you are in a mediocre school – and I don't like the whole ABC testing, you know, yeah. like um, the – What's it called again? The um, multiple choice. Multiple choice test. Okay. I guess I. I was lucky in my education system um, that my teacher was always like saying like, "Oh, you don't need to any any abfragbares affenwissen," which would translate to like you know uh, monkey knowledge. You know, yeah. everyone can repeat or or uh, um, you know, it was always comprehension, you know, yeah. why and how and and, and what does yeah. this mean, right? So that's
0: the big yeah. question. Think, don't
1: repeat. Think, don't repeat, exactly. Yeah. So that's important what to learn. And this I didn't see in the U.S. system. Yeah, yeah I can do PA, PE, I can do to a drama class, I can learn how to speak, I can do keyboard typing, but, you know, when it comes down to the basic, you know, I have to remember stuff and then just do A, B, C, Yeah. you know, and not really write a sentence or, you know, make this combinationable, comprehension effort yeah. and that's what I would think is more important yeah. than
0: just knowledge so we talked about it, uh, the importance of education so what are your favorite books
1: favorite books and now I have to take up my app so I try to read about 20 30 books every uh, year um, so it always depends on what what we talk about right so when we talk about data and privacy for example mm-hmm. I have uh, my favorite book is data versus, versus Goliath um, mm-hmm. That's a very good book. Love to read it. It's A little scary, you know. What? What do they all know? But it's. Um, I like uh, Stephen Pinker. Uh, Better angels of our nation. Or what is it? Um, uh, what's what's no the big one is. Um, uh, 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 let me come it up. Uh, yeah, or enlightenment now, you know these. And so Stephen Pinker is a very good. Basically, tells you the world is getting better, not worse. Yeah, right. Because sometimes you have the feeling, oh my god, everything is getting to the shits, getting worse and worse. But actually, it's getting better. Yeah, right. So that's what it's a very optimistic book and kind of puts you into 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 frame. So that's one of the ones that I like. And I'm a fan of the brain, as you guys have already probably heard. So I like neuroscience. And uh, for this, I have a very good book, which is. um uh, easy to read and understand if I find it right now very easily, but it should be, oh, which one is it? See, that's the thing. When you read too many books, at some point uh, it's it's troubling finding them. Um, the Secret Life of Our Brains, right, by David Eagleman. Um, that's super nice mm-hmm. because it kind of teaches you how your brain works, what's special about your brain in a very Interesting, humoristic, also, uh, way, yeah. you know, way you know that you kind of understand who am I, what is it that's going on in it, you know, with some cool experiments that you can Google afterwards, you know, like split brain experiments, you know, when people who have the left and the right side side uh, of the brain split, and then they kind of do experimentation experiments with them, and it's totally fascinating. So that would be actually
0: my number one book. Cool. So my last question is. If you could go back in time and talk to your 18-year-old 18 self, myself. what would you tell him? Okay, so that's obviously a tough one. I think I was...
1: I think I did everything right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, maybe I was... Oh, yeah, okay. There, so there is one thing. Uh, and Going back to the last book, actually, I think I would have loved to understand more about the brain. You know, why people mm-hmm. are different. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what in school and especially in school you know where you have like all these kind of different people and everyone is different right you've the nerd you got the uh the clowns you got the, all these kind of different people you know you got the AD dealer you got the so everyone is different and you got like the quiet one right yeah. so and if you read one of these books uh, like if i would know more about uh, how 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 people work brains work so to say it makes it easier um to to get the best out of everything Mm-hmm. Right, because once you understand that the quiet person in the corner who may annoy you because you know he or she gets grades for not putting out the same effort as mm-hmm. you, but if you understand and if you can comprehend and what wh- how can this benefit maybe at a later stage or the loud ones, you know, that or the cool guys that you mm-hmm. think, oh, they're the cool ones, mm-hmm. it kind of relates them back to, oh, yeah, but you know. Maybe later on, who uh, who knows what's going to happen. So that's what I would like understand more about yourself and the brain, and that's very nerdy, though. That probably would be would kill myself. So, would,
0: would your favorite uh, brain book all this answers? Or do you do you come like there no, come other you, books then, in mind which yeah, could then you, then you keep on going? So, I just recently I read uh, what's it called? How to learn or
1: um, uh, not? How to learn? This is a stupid title. It's one of them. Yeah, uh, how we learn: the surprising truth about when, where, and why. It um, uh, it it happens, right? So that's already super cool. If I I wish I would have learned, like how to learn, you know, how to retain information. And actually, what's more important is what to forget, right? Because if you remember everything, your brain just doesn't work anymore. It slows down. So forgetting is a very important part. And Ben is basically instead of managing what to uh, what to learn, it's also managing and what to forget or what not to forget.
0: How do you actively forget?
1: Uh, Obviously, I couldn't. I'm not a neuroscience, but you cannot actively. But there are like ways and times where you where you get information and it's not retained. Okay, and this is also important, you know. Or there are ways of making it stick, uh, especially well, right? Where you do not forget, so to say. By understanding when do you forget, I can learn when do you and how to learn to retain yeah right, so that's why you can that's why they do these tests when they ask uh, um like yeah retaining of information, how does it work and this is in the last book that I mentioned it's actually quite easy, and that was actually a book I would give every student to read. Um, And teachers as well, because teachers have no idea, Mm -hmm. right? Teachers have no, and I'm stereotyping, sorry, all the teachers out there, if you were the one, but if, if a teacher doesn't, teacher doesn't know, you know, how the mind works and the differences of the minds, like what does the nerd, what is the quiet, the loud, what, what in the brain makes the people go that way, right? When, when and how, how do I activate them? You know, mm-hmm. how do I make the weak ones stronger, so to say, mm. or maybe, or just by saying they're not weak; they're just different. You know, but already knowing this, oh, a lot can change.
0: So you're already a bit more experienced than uh, the most people. So if you could go back to your 25 or 30 year old self, uh, is there something you would tell them to this during this time?
1: So here's the thing. I was not
0: the best student
1: during school time, but in the 20s, I was pretty good because it's when studying, I was only doing stuff that I liked. Yeah. You know. So the problem in regular school is you have to do everything. Um, and when I was 25, no, man, my 20s, they were the best times of my life. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I could not tell. I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, I was also fortunate. I, was, I had parents that always sent me out to the world, um, you know, to travel and, you know, like to 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 yeah to live the simple life um, but you know make the most out of it you know even with little resources get the most done and um, that's I think yeah my 20s shit that was a good time that's a good good thing to say yeah. yeah but it was also different different times right we didn't care about so many stuff like we had I still have a diploma yeah. right so I didn't have the whole uh, diploma a German diploma, I didn't have the bachelor and the master, um, system, you know, where like everything counts, you know, we had time off,
0: Yeah.
1: you know, there's yeah. a, there's a important thing that I think by uh, the, uh, Alibaba founder, he said like, you know, to his son, he says, um, you, um, as a recommendation, you don't have to be the first in class, right? You don't have to be the best in your class. You have to be in the middle because then you already have time on the side to do other stuff. Yeah. Right? And this is what I think is very important. And now when we talk about, again, the school system, where it's all about the grades and all about performance, like there's so much other stuff on the side that you need to do and that you should be doing um and i'm fortunate that i was in in a time where this was okay where i had where my grades for the four diploma had nothing to do with the diploma grade yeah. right for the final grade you know we had like the saying like vier gewinnt you know like four is, four, four wins yeah. right because you made it you passed but who cares whether i have an a or a c you know mm-hmm. as long as you don't have a d it doesn't matter right and um because but once the the clock ticks Right. Once you know everything is set and now it counts, this is where you have to perform on the spot. But on the other one, do the maximum with the min, mi- get the maximum output with the minimum input. That you have time for other stuff. And nowadays you have to put all in in everything, right? So you don't have time to for other important stuff like reading weird books. Yeah, correct. Yeah,
0: <laughs> amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. See you next cool. time. Yeah.